ओम नम शिवाय 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 आई बाउ टू द लॉर्ड शिवा आई बाउ टू एम इन यू आई बाउ टू एम एवरीवेयर and my prayer is that i can help you to remember just a little bit who we really are because you are nothing but the immortal atman you are that divine presence and that divine satchidananda and the goal of your life is only one to recognize your true nature in him The master was reminiscing one day. This is saying 178 from Conversations with Yogananda. He said there was a woman now Ranchi school in India. She was a disciple of this path and was very humble. She served me devotedly hand and foot as they say, obeying strictly everything I asked of her. Everything that is to say except one. She insisted on going about barefoot. I warned her not to but she didn't consider this piece of advice serious enough to heed because she saw people walking perfect all the time though I was as insistent on it as she was she continued to go barefoot everywhere when I left for America in 1920 I made her responsible for initiating those into kriya yoga who asked for it humbly upon my return there in 1935 I asked her how many people did you initiate almost with embarrassment she answered oh not many guruji only 5000 5000 what a huge number still wherever she went it was barefoot and still i insisted she shouldn't sometime later she absorbed a disease through the soles of her feet and died she needn't have died that way had she listened It is important you see to be faithful in everything the guru tells you. There is much food for thought in this story. A few readers may imagine on hearing it that the spiritual path resembles a game of musical chairs where the ability to continue in the game depends on sheer accident. It must be remembered however that the master wasn't advising that woman casually merely to wear shoes. He insisted on it repeatedly. people do often die moreover of apparently quite trivial causes she had a karma to die that way he wanted to prevent that karma from bearing fruit one of master's close disciples died at a relatively young age and another disciple told me it was because that one had not considered it necessary to heed the master's caution to be less particular about his diet Who knows I remember how often master warned us you must listen to what i tell you even in the little things i think we may take his words to mean especially in the little things or these particularly though they seem unimportant may be vitally important for one especially if he emphasized them repeatedly he was thinking of our benefit it was not the master's way to insist strongly 
if he spoke earnestly about anything. However, one did, however, one did well to listen. I'm sorry, I didn't read that very well. It was not the master's way to insist strongly. If he spoke earnestly about anything, however, one did well to listen to him carefully. Few people, of course, have had the benefit of a living guru. They should at least watch, therefore, for tendencies in themselves that they tend to push out of sight. Things their conscience tells them they ought or ought not to do that seem to them unimportant. They should look carefully, especially, at anything in themselves that they'd rather ignore, for in that very wish to ignore it, there might be a danger signal. I remember one time I was out at the desert and I was visiting the master's retreat. The monks had another retreat. And I was visiting him and they brought me supper. And I said, no, I didn't want supper because my practice was not to eat supper because I wanted to meditate a long time in the evening. The master saw me the next day and he said, you didn't eat your supper last night. I said, well, sir, I, I don't like to eat supper. He said, you must eat it. Well, I didn't want to eat supper because I did want to meditate, and I figured that was a more important desire. So I tried to jolly him out of it. He wouldn't move. He was very serious. And uh, finally he said, that is the trouble with a vegetarian diet. He said, people need to eat enough because they aren't getting enough protein. And he said, it won't come out now, but later in your life, if you don't eat as I'm telling you to, um, you will get aches and pains and troubles and they will uh, obstruct your meditation. Well, I tried to obey him and thank God I did because I've had plenty of aches and troubles, even so. But uh, I don't say necessarily that he said it to everybody. It may be. He did say in a general way vegetarians, but he did tell me, you must eat three meals a day. Even if in the evening it's only a little paneer, chocolate, cottage cheese, and a little bit of lettuce, but you have to have something. And uh, I have obeyed him in that, just uh, because he said it, and with so much force. If the guru, if you have a, somebody living who has told you things, don't ignore even light things that he says, because they may be very important. And if you don't, don't ignore the things in the Shastras and don't ignore the things in your own conscience that you'd like to think are not that important because uh, um, it may be because that's what you want and just the very thing that you ought to overcome. One of my senior disciples, a woman, was in a restaurant with a group of us and uh, they brought us an extra dish that we hadn't ordered and she comment, well, as Master said, let, the, let what, co what comes of itself, let it come. And then she chuckled and said, the good things anyway. Well, that was not his teaching. He said, the, let what comes of itself, and that means good and bad. Misunderstanding, even close disciples sometimes misunderstood. The important thing is to try to feel what is behind it. If you only accept the good things, what gain is that, for heaven's sake? Accept the bad. The bad will come. Take it as from coming from God's hands and take it as a blessing. How often I have kept that simple word of advice in my mind, that what comes of itself, even the pains, and there have been lots of pains, and I don't say I'm unusual. I think everybody has to go through pain. 
But when they come, give them to God. Let them come. Don't try to fight them. Don't think, why me? Oh, no, 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 God. Let them come. Let him pile it on. There was one disciple of my guru who had lots of physical karma to go over. She had to be in the hospital many times. They had to cut away at this and that. One time, under the ether, she was saying, well, take it away, piece by piece. I don't care. Let's take it all away. And she was just consciously just saying, this body isn't me anyway. Have that attitude. Nothing belongs to you. And when things are taken away from you, instead of weeping, rejoice. Because there's one thing God can never take away from you. He can't take away your own self. And as I was saying one time in a court when people did their, people were doing their best to destroy me. And I was thinking with great bliss inwardly, they can take everything away, but they can never take away my love for God. And when you have that love, you're always happy. People may shout, sort of like that song, baby, it's, it's cold outside. You're inside and you've got the fire and you're warm. So let the storms of delusion howl around you. Don't let them touch you. God will always be on your side and he will never let you down if you keep him in mind and keep him foremost. And the pains of death, the pains of separation, these things come. They have to come. Take them as a blessing. They are a reminder that God has come to you in these forms, very dear forms. I remember um, some famous person in America whom I knew was married on the very day of their wedding. They had a car accident and both were killed. It happens. Don't expect this world to be anything but a nest of thorns. But if you can really be in God, you, there's no such thing as death. Maybe they found their true wedding in the other world. Who knows? There's always... For every pain, there's even even greater fulfillment. And so, love God. Love him with all your heart. There's a song I wrote. It was written, um, it's called Cloisters. I'll sing it to you, and then I'll sing it later. Or I forget whether it's I or others who sing it. I think it's a group of my friends who are singing it. Long I've called you, my Lord, long I've called you. Many years I have longed for your sight. Bed the darkness with tears of devotion, offered candles in prayer to your light. How much longer, friend, must I call your name? I am yours, ever yours. Will you come? Sing like that to God all the time. I am yours, ever yours. You will find that this is the meaning of japa, that anything, you just repeat it in your mind, no matter what's going on, God, God, God. I love you, God. I want you, God. I am yours. Come to me. You will see that if you do this, life will become so sweet. And even when people treat you wrongly, you just think with God, oh, well. They didn't understand that then you have a little private joke with him. It doesn't matter. And if people want to insult you, you can just say to God, well, they're not insulting us, are they? They're just insulting themselves. 
because they see what isn't there. Be calm in yourself, be loving in yourself. Live in that sense also, this word, this song, Cloisters, is to help us to understand, you know, cloister is a religious enclosure where monks or nuns live. Feel that wherever you go, you keep your cloister with you. Be cloistered in that thought of God. He will protect you. And sometimes that protection can mean a great deal because many great trials are sent to us. But as Krishna says, know this Arjuna for certain. My devotee is never lost. Many times I saw this true in my own guru's life with his disciples. I remember a story that Norman told me one time. He was driving a big truck down Mount Washington, which is a very steep hill there. And uh, at the bottom of the hill, it doesn't go all the way down, there's a very sharp U-turn, a, 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 a sharp curve uh, that uh, you have to slow down very much to take this U-turn. Uh, there's another word for it, and I'm trying to remember, it doesn't matter. And uh, all of a sudden, he put his foot down to the floor on the truck to slow down for that curve, and it just went all the way to the floor. The brakes had failed. And Norman wasn't afraid of death, but he just looked up here to my guru, to our guru, and he said, is this what you want? All of a sudden, he said it was as if a hand was pushing on the hood of the truck, that big truck, suddenly it brought, it came to a stop on that hill. And these things, I've heard so many stories and known so many stories and experienced so many stories. How many times he saves his disciples. God, too, will save you because although he comes to you, yes, especially through a guru, yet he is always with you and he will be with you to the extent that you are with him. I said to my guru once, will you be just as much with us after you leave the body as you are now? And he looked at me deeply. He said, for those who think me near, I will be near. And I have seen, thinking him near, he is near. So many things have just happened in the right way. And so many times things that could have been quite serious in a bad way were not. And I knew I was protected. And did that mean I didn't have tests to go through physically, mentally, emotionally, every other way? I'm so glad I did. You won't grow if you don't have, your, have those tests, but always you feel that he is there behind it, helping you. One time I, I, you know, I don't have my own hips anymore. In fact, one doctor looked at my medical report and said he didn't even know how I'm able to walk. But I had uh, these hips replaced, I wanted to be conscious, so I, while, it was, while they were operating, I had this local anesthesia which enabled me to hear what was going on. Well, it turned out that the doctor was using a new kind of prosthesis, and the salesman was there telling him how to put it in. So there I was, conscious of my own surgeon being told by the, by the uh, salesman, okay, now a quarter of a turn to the right, okay. Half a turn to the left. I just thought it was a good joke. When, when uh, I heard him sawing away, I could hear him. It's just like cutting a tree. <laughs> he had to cut my whole 
leg through. And I just thought, well, this is great. I kept expecting somebody to call out, Timber! But you know, at one point during this operation, it was really very fortunate that I had a local anesthesia. Because at one point, I said to the anesthesiologist, I said, you know, suddenly I'm feeling kind of weak. And he looked, and he said, holy smoke, my blood pressure had gone down to zero. And they hastily, they'd apparently hit a gusher and blood was spurting everywhere. They didn't know how serious it was. And uh, uh, so they managed to prevent that, and I did survive. But that was my guru's help. I'm quite certain of it. It's the sort of thing that he did for his disciples, and God will do it for you. But get yourself a guru. You need one. <laughs> Having a true guru is the greatest blessing in all the three worlds. That's what Shankaracharya said. I remember as the anesthesia was wearing off, I could still feel him working away on me. And I said to the anesthesiologist, well, I can begin to feel him now, but I didn't want to say too much because he said, if I have to do anything, I can't give you more of the local, I have to give you a general anesthetic. So I didn't tell him how, what I was feeling, but I could definitely feel. Then we got back to the, uh, to the uh, recovery room and he ran a, uh, something or other across my toe to see if you can feel it. He wanted to know when I had my feeling back. He said, do you feel it? I said, yeah. He, somebody saw him leaning over a bed nearby, sort of, holy smoke. He was aware that then that I had been feeling, in fact. But, you know, God saved my life. My guru saved my life. Many times that has happened. It was, I had to be in the intense care unit for several days. I lost half my blood, literally. Another time I lost half my blood only six months later. And uh, again, God took care of me. I'm still around. I, you know, one thing was especially sweet to me, though. Well, time is up. I'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye and God bless you. Long I've called you, my Lord, long I've called you. Many years I have longed for your sight. Bid the darkness with tears of devotion offered candles in prayer to your light how much longer friend must i cry your name i am yours ever yours will you
cry.